0: After a very good week in professional wrestling on our TV screens, this is Corey Richmond. I'm joined by Jason Brooks. This is the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we're here every week to talk about the good, the bad, and the definitely ugly at times world that we, uh, we love to watch. Jay, uh, I hope you agree with me, but wrestling this week from TNA to ROH to SmackDown, and even with Monday Night Raw, I thought it was actually a very good week of wrestling television.
1: Corey, this is unbelievable. You are you are one of the most negative people when it comes to wrestling that I've ever met in my life, which is why this podcast works so well. This might be our crappiest podcast ever. If you're super positive about it, and you know I'm usually the positive one, what the hell are we going to talk about for an hour? I think it's because of your new fancy beard. I'm watching a man on Skype. He's got this new Daniel Bryan-like beard. He trimmed it. It looks very nice. You know, hopefully this will, you know, help him with the ladies. He's got the hair slicked back. I I like what's going on here,
0: Corey. I think that's where your positivity is coming from. Well, you know, we, I thought we just had a really good week. I mean, you had, and this hurts me to say, but you know what? You had a good, solid promo from John Cena this week. You had developments in the, the Wyatts versus the Shields. You had really good segments on TNA with having at least some clarity of what the investor is. The idea that Christiani actually watches the product. You had a very good Chris Saban uh, segment, which we'll talk about later on in the show. SmackDown. You had a little bit of development with uh, with Titus and Darren Young. You had Roy. You had you really didn't have much bad stuff. I mean, you had very limited stuff of the guest guest host. Thank God. Everything, I think, was pretty much on on track. And I know I don't say this much, but I'm looking forward to what the WWE does next. I mean, it could all turn to hell in a handbasket in a couple of days, you know. But right now, I think the WWE, TNA, ROH, and all the other things that we watch are going on the uptick right now.
1: Well, and I'm, I'm not ashamed t- to say I, it. I, I, I'm live-tweeting all these shows so it can be pretty brutal. Um, but I think we're always okay yesterday. Um, we'll get into Impact, I'm sure. Impact was okay. ROH is great every week, so there's never really a problem there. Um, the only thing about the John Cena promo, and, and we can get into that, but he mentioned all these great superstars like Daniel Bryan and others. Could we, like, maybe name a guy or two? Are we nickpicking
0: a John Cena promo? I,
1: ju- I just think if you're going to put over the new guys, say a guy. Daniel, Bryan and
0: others. Who the hell are others? It could be anybody. You know what? Let's try to go with the positives for a change. Life is too short to be upset about things that you cannot what? control. What is
1: this Corey Richmond that I know? I've known you for like 15 years. <laughs> I don't get where all this positivity is coming from. Who the hell am I talking to? Did you, guys, did you like... Did you know with a? Uh, uh, did you? Was there a lady of the night
0: last night? Uh, said, am I missing something? I mean, come on! Yeah, great reactions to Cesaro, uh, Antonio Cesaro. Yeah, the crowd was over for him, big time. I mean, you know, the, the crowd was unable to really hijack the show with limited CM Punk uh, mm-hmm. distractions. It was just wrestling fans watching a wrestling product, enjoying it, and you know what? Having a good time. It wasn't. All hell breaking loose. You had developments and stories. Basically, you know, Daniel Bryan has fully taken over the CM Punk storyline with Kane and Triple H and everything going on in that respect. I mean, I'm not a huge fan when Cena and Orton actually, you know, wrestling against each other. I thought they had by far the best match they've had in a while on Monday. I mean, Christian versus... uh, Christian and Sheamus... Versus the Real Americans was a solid, non-boring, dragging match. I agree. Even on SmackDown, you had some quality there. I mean, I don't know what you can really complain about this week in wrestling. I mean, yeah, I mean, all right. The Divas match was was terrible. I mean, but you had a lot of good stuff. What, what about this? What about this as a
1: negative? You have your WWE World Heavyweight Champion lose two weeks in a row.
0: But you know what? At least... I mean, see... he's the... Go ahead. You know what? I believe that usually I could see that, but you want to have some sort of doubt going to the chamber that the idea that it's pre-written in stone that we're going to have Batista versus Orton, and I think you have to go and put a little bit of a doubt in the fans that Orton isn't automatically going to win this match. I mean... I get, I guess. I guess.
1: I don't know. He's the champion. He's the face of the company. They were doing everything they could to have him win these matches. Now they're just letting him lose these matches. I guess you are putting some doubt in the fans' mind, and that's okay. But I feel like if you're putting this guy over as the biggest thing in the company, and now he's losing every week, I, I don't know. I, does that devalue the title? Or do they not really give a crap about the title anyway? I mean, the champion
0: is losing week after week here. Does that devalue the title? But let's be honest here. The title is going to be only as strong as the person it's on. So if you devalue it a little bit with Orton, and when Batista comes at WrestleMania and wins it, it's going to have a big guy. You'll have the, the doubt of, can this guy keep on holding onto a title? And finally, at Mania, you have him lose it, or you have him lose it at the elimination chamber to one of these, these faces that have beat him. And you've got at least a little bit of idea for a beat. I know we spoke about this last week a B or a secondary pay-per-view that most people may not buy, but if you have the doubt that, you know what, I'm going to walk into giving my 45 or $54 to go and view this pay-per-view, that there's a chance that me may actually see something different and something that's newsworthy. So, I mean, you, you never know. Are they setting us up for something that's different, but then they're going to give us the same old BS that they give us? Is there any way Orton loses this match at Elimination Chamber? I think there's a very good chance he can lose the match. I mean, I honestly believe that I don't want to see it this way because if, if, if Bryant's not going to win the title at Mania for that big moment, I don't really want to see it. But I really think that with the crowd reaction he's getting and the lack of reaction that Orton's getting, I think, there is a, I think there's a chance we see Daniel Bryant versus Batista or... As much as I would I don't love three ways, you can very well see I Orton, always
1: love a good three-way, by the way.
0: Go ahead. Good to know. <laughs> Positivity 101. Taking a bad situation and making it better. But let's be honest you. I mean, Orton is not exactly the hottest champion we've ever had right now. And his reactions he gets, I mean, we have I've classified him as Captain Boring over the last two weeks of television. He's, he's been very good. It's, it's as if he realized finally it was WrestleMania season and he turned the switch. And as he said, I'm bringing back the Viper character, basically. And he's had three straight, solid, well-done matches on three straight shows. His promos have been a little bit better. I mean, if he keeps on doing this for the next couple of weeks, you know, that Captain Boring tag might have to actually be taken off for a while.
1: I feel like that's his nickname. You got to keep that on him. What about the, the the Batista reaction? The fans were, like, half booing him, kind of cheering him, kind of not reacting to him. I mean, I, I think that they may really have a big concern on their hands if Batista's not getting over with the crowd like they like. Because WWE loves to tell the crowd what they're going to like and what they're going to not like and build their storylines based on that. If the crowd is doesn't care about Batista or is booing him, you know, they may have to change that a little bit.
0: Why? You can make Batista a heel. Batista was, and his well, best well, are they
1: going to change it? I mean, are are they going to change it or are they going to keep him a face to make us, you know, to stuff that, that idea down our throats? But they're also it. telling us he's this big star. And I don't know, the crowd is not reacting to him, good or bad, you know, heal her face like he's a big star. The crowd seems pretty apathetic when he comes out there. Am I, I mean, am, am I seeing something wrong? What, what do you think?
0: I think, you know what, they have still another month and a half, two months to go and to, to, to get the reaction they want from him. And they actually set up in a very small way with these interactions between Triple H and Batista that he could be aligned with the authority or that. Triple H could simply go being the heel, take away the title shot at Mania. Where, you know, you had the thing where he's saying, I guess things really have changed in that backstage segment. Where you could very simply go and, I know it hasn't, it's mostly, it's never been done. But who says that Triple H can't go and have us, the day after the chamber, they have a confrontation and Batista goes and says, I don't care how much we were friends in the past. I think the, the authority is overstepping its bounds. And he goes and says, you want to see overstepping my bounds? You're out. I don't care if you won the Rumble. You're out of the main event of WrestleMania. Boom. And then you can move on to something else. It could, And then you could set up Triple H versus Batista, which I know nobody mostly wants to see. But, yes, he does have this, quote-unquote, golden ticket for WrestleMania. We've got a long time before Mania, and that could change.
1: Yeah, it just... It just seems like they're, and I said this on Twitter last night, it seems like they're, they're putting a lot of work in putting him over as, you know, a big a big main event star. They're, Cole is really hammering him as a big main event star. They showed that YouTube clip of him doing the Batista bombs, and I know part of that might be familiarizing the audience with him that hasn't seen him, but, man, I just don't... I, I don't see the crowd connecting with him like I thought like I even thought they were going to. I don't see the crowd connecting with them like I thought they were going to. And I think whatever their plans are as far as him
0: being a good guy, a baby face, they may really have to rethink those plans. But like I said, it looks like that they can. I mean, they have never besides last night where you had those slight second of friction, it is it's appeared that Triple H and Batista are on the same page. Second he comes back, he's they're hugging and everything. So, I mean, you can have Batista be a heel, and it's not that big, far of a stretch, especially with the fact that he is buddy-buddy with the authority. I agree with that. Now, moving on to a couple of other really good things from this past Raw, was, like I was saying, the the, the Shield and the Wyatts, their interaction and the way that they are building Roman Reigns into being the leader of that group, and a borderline star is amazing you have two groups that to heal two heel groups at least we're supposed to think they're both heel groups going up against each other and the fans are eating it up and they're actually rooting for the shield which is helping with the mostly inevitable face turn of Roman Reigns so this is going really well both sides are doing some great promos Luke Harper we're finding out actually can, can talk a little bit on the mic with some of these promos you're, you're really building a lot of interesting stuff, which a couple of weeks ago when this was announced, you didn't know for sure how this was going to go Yeah, Everyone loves to see groups collide, but with two heel factions, you weren't sure what the fans would do reacting-wise if they would actually just, what what their reaction would be, and it's worked out really well. So, I mean, I think, like I said, with, with Reigns, Dean Ambrose, with the segment he had, with uh, the backstage segment they had, with defending the U.S. title... Yeah. I thought that was really well done. I, agree. I-, I thought the matches that they've been having like every week have been really, really good. I mean, I... I agree. I just don't know what the downside is right now, and I'm actually interested more in the Elimination Chamber than I thought I would have been when we started this podcast, you know, seven, seven weeks ago. Well, I, I will say... I-, I did
1: accurately predict they were going to do some good things with the two of these guys, and this is the frustrating part for me. Okay, so I guess I'm being more of the negative Nancy in this case. They are doing such a great job with building these guys. You have the Shield on one side of the ring, the Wyatts on the other side of the ring. There's no physical contact with these guys. They're both cutting great promos against each other. I don't understand why they can't do more things like this, why they can't build more feuds like this. That makes sense, that have a good story. The promos are good and they make sense and they're logical. Bray Wyatt has been out of his mind. He has been awesome. He's been awesome in the ring. He's been awesome on the mic. I think he's been a top five guy the last, you know, I don't want, you know, since the rumble, in terms of his promos, in terms of his work. He's been awesome. And I don't know, maybe, if it comes down to the WWE not having faith in some of these guys, like, you know, like we always talk about Ziggler, all these guys every week. But I don't understand why they can't do this, these type of uh, storylines with more guys. Why they can't make it a storyline that makes sense to the audience. The guys aren't trying to beat each other up every week necessarily. You know, you're, you're you're giving you're not giving the fans everything immediately. You're making when the Shield went on the on the apron, and then the Wyatts went on the apron. The crowd popped, Corey, so loud. That was maybe the biggest pop of the whole night, other than Daniel Bryan. And they didn't even touch each other. Shouldn't the WWE look at that and say, hey, maybe we can build a feud where these guys aren't hitting each other with chairs and beating each other up
0: every week? you've Got to realize, I believe, like any like the average person, the, the McMahons are very singular focused when they find something they're gonna do, all their focus is on that, and everything else, unfortunately, right or wrong, suffers.
1: They've got 15 writers there, write about something else. Why do they need all 15 writers to write about two storylines or hire more writers?
0: I don't know if hiring more writers is the, is the answer, but um, like I said, I think that. You're just... You, I think you're a little bit too negative about the product right now. I think
1: you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm too negative about the product. This is amazing. This is, um, this is work, shoot, wrestling <laughs> podcast history. I'm too negative on the product. When we started this podcast... When we thought, and we've been talking about wrestling for years and years and years, and when we thought about the podcast, we thought, man, this would be a great idea, because for the most part, I am not super positive, kind of like our guest last week, Eddie Z was, but I'm kind of more in the middle, and Corey's pretty negative, so we thought it would work well. Um, I, I never expected a moment where he would be more positive on a product than I am. Corey, this is amazing.
0: This is amazing. This is, this is amazing. I mean, like I said, there's there's more stuff we can talk about positively about Raw this week. I mean the Black History Month packages have been awesome. Absolutely. I mean I
1: think I think they've done a really good job with that. It'd be nice if they could, you know, push a black man in terms of the storyline, but I do like those those T V packages quite a bit and they're showing a history of wrestling and I like when they do that for younger fans.
0: Absolutely. And I I totally agree with that. I mean, you wish they could do that more than just, you know, 28 days out of the year and on a leap year, 29. But, you know, those pack, one of the things that you usually cannot complain when it comes to the WWE is when it comes to uh, their their highlight packages. They have some of the best people in the business putting together these packages and 99 out of 100 times. They're going to look amazing and they're going to truly, truly show a great story. Yeah. That is always will be a positive about the company. Now, I re- another thing I really enjoyed was I thought the tag team match, like I said we we spoke about it for a half a second, but I want to get to a little bit more between the Real Americans and Sheamus and Christian, I thought was really really good and I thought that the action that Sh- Christian Christian got, Sheamus got and especially Antonio Cesaro, you know, which made it almost seem like right now, it's the right decision to have these guys in the elimination chamber. Yeah. So the crowd was
1: awesome in LA. And you never know with the LA crowd, because sometimes I feel like they do really well, sometimes they're not. I think they were great at SummerSlam. Um, But the crowd was awesome. And I agree with you about Cesaro. He got a big pop. You know, Christian always gets a good pop. Uh, not always the biggest pop of the night, but the crowd always identifies him with him. They always like him. Even Sheamus got a pop, surprisingly enough, I guess. And Swagger, no one cares about. So the match was terrific. You had four guys who are professionals who've been doing it a long time, and they put together a really, really good, solid match. And you know, not every match is going to be for the world title. We understand that. Raw three hours, so some of these you know segments really drag on. But it's nice to see a good, entertaining
0: tag match, um, and, and I thought they did that last night. And let's be honest, a lot of times we scratch our head when we see some of these matches. But that match, the right guy <clears throat> was pinned, the right guys, you know, got the win because Jack Swagger is not in the Elimination Chamber, so if someone's going to get pinned in that match. That was the right person to get pinned. So I, I smart, thought that was very good because usually, you know, they would have Cesaro get pinned and everybody would be going, I thought we're pushing this guy. And all of a sudden he's the guy who is sitting and, you know, looking at the lights at the end of the match. Yeah. I mean, I I I know you're going to most likely not like this, but for what the story they're telling, I thought the idea that Alberto Del Rio beat Ziggler in 93 seconds. Wow. Should, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. I know you don't like the idea of Ziggler, who is one of the top three or four guys in ring-wise and has become a lot better on the mic and everything else, is basically become the latest member of... The job squad. The the job squad, sure. But you know what? Del Rio is being put into a match with the guy who might be main-eventing WrestleMania, and I think that guy has to look strong. And we may not like who who they put him up against, but that, that got the job done. And Del Rio, you may not think he should be where he is right now, but Del Rio went got the win. You had after the match with Batista going and putting him through the table. You had a A, B, and then a C. The story went very well, and it was nice. And this is going to sound jokingly, but it was nice to see that uh, Batista was not wearing you know designer clothes. He actually uh, decided to wear you know. A wrestling wrestling gear for a change. I know that was because he was in the uh, the main event dark match in a six-man tag But I thought that was another thing that was actually done quite well. So I mean I'm sure that I'm sure you're not gonna like the fact that Ziggler is the guy who would to who unfortunately was the losing They're gonna end. put
1: Zack in that spot. They had to put Dolph Ziggler in that spot to lose in a squash match I mean, you know, it's fine. It's fine, but they're just burying him. But don't you think it and means... I don't want to hear anyone say, no, they're not burying him. They're absolutely burying him, or they did in that segment anyway. I thought it was too much. Put Zack Ryder in there. Put the guys that they always have lose in that spot. Why put him in that spot?
0: But why not, for a change, actually have someone where it means something that you beat him? You know? It I mean... doesn't, because he loses every week. But at least, and unlike Zach seen? Ryder you actually think that, you know, there's a chance he could win the match occasionally. So by, you know, what's it, uh, Del Rio actually looking dominant, you're actually going and saying, you know what, he beat a former world champion and he could have a chance against Batista. I mean, we all expect, you know, him to get killed by Batista at the pay-per-view, but at least you're having him going against somebody who has a little bit of credibility, at least with the fans. Whereas Zack mm-hmm. Ryder, people want to, you know, woo and everything, you know, but honestly, Zack Ryder getting killed for the 400th time doesn't mean anything. But if you have a former former, former champion, I think that at least makes Del Rio look a little bit better in this leading into All the feud. Right. That's fine. I don't like it, but it is what it is. Once again, like I said, you got to try to take a deep breath and look at the good. Not everything will be perfect, but not everything is terrible.
1: <laughs> this is amazing, Corey.
0: This is amazing, this positivity. And like I said, you know, and for a second before we get to the bit, like I said, this week, even TNA, you had story developments. You had at least MVP came out and explained a little bit of what he was doing and how he got the money, investing. That made sense. You had Ethan Carter go and attack Kurt Angle to go and continue a storyline of Kurt being hurt right now so he doesn't have to be in any more of the tapings. Most I don't know for sure if he's going to be on them or not, but at least you go and have an idea of what's going on. You, you wrote him out for, until you know if he's going to be in or out of the lockdown pay per view. You had a lot of you had a good Samoa Joe versus Bobby Roode match. You had a lot of good things this week, and like I said, you had also you had a good ma- good matches on SmackDown. So this week I thought it was a solid week to be a wrestling fan but I'm going to let you go and tell me some of the things that you may have not liked from this past week because it really feels like you want to get the hate and anger of being a disappointed wrestling fan out of your system. So I'm giving you the floor. We don't have that
1: many negative things. I mean, we kind of talked about it. Uh, Batista's coming out in his ring gear to attack somebody, and it was almost like a heel kind of uh, attack, actually. Why did he come out in his skinny jeans? Why was he just so mad that he came out in his skinny jeans or his Canadian tuxedo or whatever, I thought that was fine. The John Cena thing, where he's cutting a promo saying, "Hey, I, I really want, um, you know, I, you know, there's this new breed of wrestlers, Daniel Bryan, and others. Who are others? Explain it. Put some guys over a little bit." I don't know. I, I don't have the show was fine, and there were some things that I did like on the show. But you know what? I'm sick of this face of the WWE. What the fuck is the face of the WWE? What does it mean? What is the face of the WWE? What is it, Corey? Because I keep hearing this, and Orton loses, but then he's the face, but then we're going to consider Brian the face, but then we don't know who the face of the WWE is, and now Randy Orton wants to be on the cover of cereal boxes. What does this mean? I don't understand what the face of the WWE means. I'm a 34-year-old man with a master's degree, and I can't figure out what the hell they're talking about with the face of the WWE. Can you? You know what that means? I mean, I... am kind of sick of the phrase. I'm sick of it.
0: I would guess the uh, the phrase means the guy that is going... When you go and try to sell the product, it's the guy who's going to be front and center and is the guy that, when people say WWE, the person that they equate with it. In the 80s, it was Hogan. In the 90s, it was Austin. In the 2000s, it was Cena. Now it's Randy Orton. That's what. Come on. That's what we're figuring out. But but this is my thing. It's fine that they're that
1: they're saying the face of WWE, whatever. But the face of the WWE is gonna lose a match, and now he's not the face of the WWE anymore. What is this? Where is this going? Where is this going? They 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 need to give me more in terms of what they're doing with Orton. I know they're giving you the fact that they said he was the face, and they built him up to be the face. And now they're rethinking things. I understand that. But God, I'm sick of hearing about this. I'm sick of hearing about who the face of the WWE is. I'm really sick of it. Now they're having matches to figure out who the face of the WWE is. So whoever wins the Elimination Chamber is going to be the face of the WWE, along with being the champion. Are they both one or the other? Are they synonymous with each other? What What is it? What does it mean? You know, if I'm a kid and I'm 12 or 13 and I'm watching this, I don't really know what the hell they're talking about with the face of WWE. It,
0: it's it's too much. It's too much with the face. I'm 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 over it. I'm over it. But you know, you gotta look at some of the some more of the positives. Like I said, how often do you sit and go and are ready and willing to watch SmackDown? You, you, they've already advertised. I barely watched
1: SmackDown.
0: Just, you know, come on! But I mean, the average person, I think, after watching Raw, if they were paying attention, they saw that we're gonna have Antonio Cesaro versus Randy Orton in a match. You got the you got the eight man tag, which you know, trying to build up the Usos for it looks like a tag team title shot. Hopefully. Or the Rhodes. I mean, you're setting up that. I mean, where, how they led to it with uh, the constipation angle. I understand on Raw was a little dumb. But at least, you know what? For the first time in a while, the Usos, the Rhodes, maybe we see something. Maybe we see a, a three way for the tag team titles, the Elimination Chamber. Maybe the Usos finally get their shot. I mean, they're building a lot of great things right now. And I think you just have to go and forget about it, nitpicking the little things that make the, the hairs in your neck stand up, and just say, you know what? It's good to be a wrestling fan, and I'm ready. And willing to go and get the WWE network and enjoy the product they're giving us. I'm just I, Corey, I don't that. even know who
1: this person is who so I'm talking to right now. This is amazing. This is amazing, Corey. Who's the face of the WWE? Is it going to be our, our 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 special guest, Mr. Jonathan Olivo? Is it you, Corey Richmond? Are you the special guest? Is it or are the, the face of the WWE? Is it one of my students? Are they the face of the WWE? It's not Kofi Kingston. Who's the face
0: of the WWE? What does it mean? The face of the WWE is whoever you as a fan most associate with. And let's just one last thing. Another positive before we go to break. Yeah. We'd just like to welcome Lita as the newest member of the WWE Hall of Fame. And it's really great to see that this class is looks like it's going to be a pretty solid class. You're not going to just have two, two main event guys and people you've never heard of. I mean, of course, we're, we're still going to get somebody for the celebrity wing. And unfortunately, you know, someone who died, you know, because we every year we do that. But let's be honest. You got Jake, the Warrior, Lita, and a couple of more surprises. This is just another great thing that, that happened this week in the WWE, wrestling in general. And I really think that this is a great time, at least for this seven or eight day period since our last podcast, to be a fan of wrestling. All right, there's a couple of things. I've made
1: a couple of of, uh, observations here during this podcast. One, Corey is either drinking alcohol or he's smoking uh, what's legal in Denver and in the state of Washington. Uh, There's not a chance in the world that this man isn't on some substance because he's been way too positive. Now, in terms of the Hall of Fame, I agree with him. Um, I think the Hall of Fame, uh, it's a great, it's shaping up to be a great class. Uh, And I'm going to go to only one more negative thing. They bring out Lita. She's a Hall of Famer. She's got that swag. She's one of the greatest divas or women's wrestlers ever. Then next you have a horrible divas match. Shouldn't they figure out that no one cares about these divas like they did some of the... Are, are any of these Divas going to be in the Hall of Fame? Are the Bella Twins going to be in the Hall of Fame? Are any of these... Oksana who beats... who Who's slapping the ring. Are any of these girls going to be in the Hall of Fame? I'm sick of these Divas matches. Give me matches that mean something. Sick of these matches. Now the poor girl Naomi is going to have surgery in her eye, and they're going to put maybe Oksana in the match so she could mess up AJ's eye, and then they'll make the Bella Twins the champions. I'm, I'm over the Divas division. I'm over it.
0: Amazing that a week ago we were defending Emma and all the girls in NXT who would be coming up soon to re- and why we actually should watch the women's division. And now we have gone to the Eddie Z side of the world saying basically who cares about the women, but we'll have a lot more discussion about the WWE and wrestling here now and what is what could and possibly... Will happen in the at some point in the near future with our this week's guest, who uh, for the for people who have listened in the past will be a returning voice. Jonathan Oliva will be joining us in a matter of moments on the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Once again, this is Corey Richmond joined by Jason Brooks, and we will be back in a few moments. Welcome back to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast with your host, Corey Richmond, and I am joined by the angry black man, Jason Brooks. Uh, we will be joined in a matter of moments by a man who has been on this show once before, Jonathan Olivo, who uh, for the last time he was on, he had some very interesting takes, and if he does a good job again, we may actually pay him the next time he comes on. Don't Gal- him shit. What are you talking about? We don't have any money. I'm in public education, brother. I don't got it like that. He did really well his first time on the casting couch. Now, if he's willing to go and show a little bit more, I'm sure we could work it in the budget. <laughs> Very inappropriate, Corey. Go ahead. I just wanted to lay in the mood because, you know, I, I met the angry black man a long time ago. I thought that phase of your life was over. But we saw a little bit of that come back out in this last segment, which I do apologize for my eternal optimism where you had to go and I guess felt you had to go and show that we were not always going to be uh, super positive about the product. But I'm glad that you brought that and I hope the angry black man can go back in the closet for a little while (laughs) and we can get the nice, calm, relaxed... Counselor. Counselor of, of young children to go and bring the positivity that we've always known and that we love. Now, Jay... Can you do that for us for the rest of the show? We'll see what
1: happens. We'll see how this segment goes. No promises. All
0: right. Uh, And after all that, like I just said, I'd like to welcome back to the program Jonathan Olivo, who uh, I'm glad is here. And we're going to give him a couple of minutes to give his take on the world of wrestling like we do every week. Uh, Starting out, though, I want to talk about something that I know that Jay hated. I thought was awesome. And not very often we talk about TNA with our guests, but this week we're going to start off the uh, our segment with Chris Sabin, excellent promo, for the first time since he's turned heel, where I actually felt he was a heel. His uh, fake engagement to Velvet Sky, and basically telling her that... You're not getting a ring, but I, and I want you out of my life. And then the part that Jay most likely was not a huge fan of, because I've spoken about this before, him being ch- him challenging her to a match, basically a man on woman action, which I guess in wrestling in his mind is bad, but in other fields that's a okay. Now, uh, John, <laughs> as a guy who uh, doesn't always watch TNA, never. well, that particular never, t- never, that particular TNA. Uh, Would you like to give your opinion on guy on on girl
2: action? Sure, I'll give my opinion on guy on girl action. I I love love it.
0: it. I love guy on girl action.
2: (laughs) First of all, let me rescue this because it's about to, as Jay falls off the couch. Um, Before I speak on that, let me just say, in the middle of his rants, he was just going off. I loved it. Um I also have a master's degree and I'm trying to use my master's degree to figure out what the hell show I'm on right now. I got Heel J on one end, I got Face Corey, which I don't think he's ever been a face in the history of the like since I've known him. I don't know what's happening right now, but I love it, I love it, I love it. I, I don't know. I love uh, the happy Jew and the angry black man. I think that's what this show should be called by from now on. But anyway, uh, uh, that segment that Corey's talking about, I never watched TNA. He showed it to me. I know Jay hates it, whatever. I think it was a very good heel segment, man. He, um, from top to bottom, the fake engagement, no ring in the the box. She's crying like, ooh, what's happening? I got excited. I, I was trying to dick you over, but now I want you to marry me. And then... He turns around. There's no ring in it. They're not going to marry. Now, on top of that, he challenges her to a match. How he, Then Then the coup de grace says, if you don't come out, I'm going to be out there dressed in my ring gear. If you don't come out, I guess that means you're a coward. I mean, that's that's classic, man. That's What don't you like about that, Jay? You're angry. Tell me what you, do you like about that.
1: I just thought it, I just think it's stupid challenging a woman to a match. But I'm not. I everything, to be honest with you, up until then. I'm going to fight you and we're going to have a match. And you're a but, coward if you don't come out. She's a woman. But
2: they're not I really. I don't know. I
1: just, I thought that was, I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, going over it too much. And maybe I'm just angry from,
2: you know, whatever, whatever from, happened from, to me today from, at work. I don't know. You're angry from but, Corey being a good guy. <laughs> you don't know what to do with Maybe. But, uh, <laughs> I, I
1: just I don't like the man challenging a woman to a match. I just thought that was stupid. But they're not gonna,
2: and, they're not gonna they're not gonna actually have the match. You know, I know and, and I don't I don't even watch TNA, and I can tell you they're not gonna have the match. But it's such a heel thing. You know a heel can't be an upstanding citizen. You don't fight a lady. Uh, he, uh, that's the perfect heel thing to do. Go out there and challenge the lady and say you know what if you don't come out you're being a bitch you're being a coward like come on out fight me that's heel that's great. I, I know it's a, I know it's a heel
1: thing to do, I just don't think it's necessary, and I think they could have gotten their point across without having to do that. Cause you know I, I don't know. So you're a fan and you can't wait to tune in. I, this this man fight this woman.
2: I'll be honest with you, I understand where you're coming from. I never watched TNA, and one of the reasons why is I think TNA does a bad job of getting their point across, and I think this was. I think this is a fun angle that I haven't even seen. I, Corey actually has me. He showed me that, and I know why Corey does this. Corey showed me that damn thing so that now I'm going to tune in the TNA to see what the hell happens. And I don't like you for that, Corey, but I'm going to No, you're lie- going
1: to tune in the TNA, and then you'll tune out the next
0: week. So oh, don't worry about it. Absolutely. You're right about that. Unfortunately, though, you know what? Whatever they've been doing the last couple of weeks has worked because the ratings have been up the last three weeks. But let's just get into something else in regards to this angle. I thought, like I said, and I think you'll hopefully agree with me, both of you, that TNA does not have a lot of guys that stand out. And Chris, Chris Sabin, for the first time since he was in a tag team with uh, Alex Shelley and the Motor City and Machine Guns, as the pop, and his paparazzi stuff, there is nothing that would make me think that this guy could either talk on the mic or actually be a heel. Besides, you know. Cheating in matches. That promo made me say, you know what? He's someone worth watching. And TNA needs people that make you want to tune in every week. You may not like the idea of a man challenging a woman, but you've had that forever. Half of ECW back in the day was women. You know, doing hurricaranas to to guys. You had Miss Jackie or Jacqueline facing men. Lita, who just got into the Hall of Fame. If you see half of those highlights packages on her, it's her doing, you know, moves, moonsaults and different things on men. No, And like I said, have I know how this is, plays out. So, I mean, yes, it's, I can honestly, I can say to you, they're not going to actually have a match. But, you know, what? I think it's intriguing. And it's something where if you showed that to someone who doesn't watch TNA, they're going to go and say, you know what, this is interesting. Let's see where they go. And I think whatever, whenever you can do something like that, it makes up for the Sam, the Samuel Shaw awful segments. Oh, it doesn't make up for it. Well, uh, it's, it's about, it's, but you know, it's at least something that's positive. Yeah. I, I, this is what I will say. I, I don't love
1: the, the end. I did like a lot of that segment. And this is what I will say. The proof's in the pudding. John, who doesn't watch TNA with good reason, um, wants to watch this week. And that's what you want. Ultimately, you want to get new viewers. You want to keep people interested in the show who are watching every week. And you have someone who has, doesn't watch the show at all. You show them that segment, and he kind of wants to know what's going to happen. So ultimately, it, that's what that's the point you're trying to get across. And so if they you know are going to get some new viewers from that, then it, then it worked.
0: Like I said, you know what? A guy like John, who will talk for himself in a moment, he might only go and uh, next week go online and see how the segment played out in a clip. But, you know, if he goes and watches Waiting and he sees Ethan Carter the third, or he sees, you know, Magnus or sees, you know, a lot of MVP coming back and doing some good promos, that's a simple way of going from point A to point B where you go from having someone who doesn't watch the product to maybe finding something he likes and then word of mouth telling other people to give the product a chance. I mean, they could screw this up and... Within five seconds, John is sitting there going, all right, the follow-up, this was terrible. I'm not watching, but you know what? There's always the chance. You have something, you go from point A to point B, and if point A gets more people to see B, it's a success. John, do you have any more thoughts on that before we move on? Uh,
2: no, I agree, and I don't know enough about TV to say anything about anything else, so... <laughs> <laughs> dot. <Da, da, da.
0: laughs> now, uh... That mostly gonna be all, at least in this segment we'll talk about TNA, but something else over Thank God. something else over the last week that's been a big debate from the uh, from the Wrestling Observer podcast to the Law Podcast to a lot of the other podcasts on the internet has been with the WWE Network recently has said that they're gonna air show every pay per view from WWE, WCW, and ECW. Now, one pay-per-view that stuck out like a sore thumb and people were wondering if they'd actually draw the line and say, we're going to show everything, but we're not going to actually show this, is the -the over-the-edge 1999 pay-per-view with the tragic death of Owen Hart. Now, a lot of people have said either that they feel that it's part of the history of the company, I'm paying $10, $9.99 a month. That I should be able to see anything I want, and there are others who say that this this is something that should never be seen again. It's an awful moment, and the idea that the WWE WWF actually, when they were known at the time, actually continued the show was a disaster, and this should be basically wiped away from the history of the company. And there's just because we said we could, you know, you're paying for this doesn't mean you have to see. There's certain things that should never be seen again. Now, there, is, there could be a third point of view, which you guys have, but I, but what do you guys think? Do you think that the WWE is doing the right thing here by having the giving the fan or the universe a chance to go and make a decision for themselves? Or do you think they should put down their foot and say, what happened with Owen Hart happened, and we don't need to—people do not have to see this again. I understand they're going to edit it cra- yeah. like crazy, and we're not going to actually see— pretty much mostly any mention of it. Yeah. But do you think that they should go and had this part had this as part of the show? It's not like there was anything great on the show. I mean, yes, you had Austin versus, uh, an Austin versus Undertaker match, but the rest of the card wasn't exactly like the greatest thing in the history
2: of mankind that somebody has to go see again. Uh, you know, my thing on it is that, uh, we know they're going to edit it, like you said, to the point where it's not even, you know... If you're a ten-year-old kid and you're going back for whatever reason, your dad showing you some old stuff or whatever, and whatever, they're gonna edit it to the point where you wouldn't even know what the hell happened. And um, and that I'm fine with that. I don't think uh, so. You pay them ten bucks a month. I don't think anybody's paying them ten bucks a month to see what the hell happened to Owen Hart. Um, you know, I think if you're old enough to go back that far, you know what happened. Um, you're not you're not hoping WWE shows you anything graphic or anything like that. Um, you're you're fully expecting them to edit everything out, and you're if you watch it, if for whatever reason you go back to watch that, I think you have to expect that you're just gonna go back to watch the card for the card and not for what happened. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't think you ever have to expect them, or I don't think anybody should have to expect them to make mention of that. As a matter of fact, I think it would be a bad taste to do that. I think I think if you do try to incorporate that, now you're using the guy's death as a as a as a means of entertainment. And I don't really think it should be done. I think everybody who knows about it, knows about it. I think you know what have you want to see anything more explicit. You can probably find that on the internet elsewhere. I think you should know that WWE network is not where you should be looking for that.
1: Yeah, John, I, everything you said, I agree with, I, I think that you know, again, with the editing thing, people aren't really going to know what happened. Um, I know the show was a little bit of a mess. Well, obviously because of what happened, but, the work was definitely a little bit different. Um, the, the guys really didn't know what was going on. Uh, so I think the matches were, were definitely a little bit interesting, um, if I remember back to those, that pay-per-view. Um, and it's fine that they show it. They don't need to show what happened, obviously, and they're not going to. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think, and this is part, obviously the man dying is a terrible thing, but I don't think whether they show it or not, it's a big deal either way. Um, I think they said they're going to show all the pay-per-views, so they're going to show all the pay-per-views, good, bad, or indifferent.
0: Now, as someone who I think all three of us, maybe not at the very beginning, but all three of us will most likely at least give this network a chance and will order it, do you see yourself ever going and watching the Over, Ed, Over the Edge 1999 pay-per-view? Is, Either, it, is there the just more of a curiosity of just... Because like I said, I don't remember the pay-per-view. I mean, like I said, I just look back, and yeah, there, there was uh, also The Rock versus Triple H, and you also had The Corporate Ministry versus, oh, uh, my face, uh, versus The Union, which I don't even remember. I think, you know- The which, Union? Mankind, Big Show, Test, and Ken Shamrock. Oh, my God! Versus The Corporate Ministry of Viscera, The Big yeah. Boss Man, and The Acolytes. Let's
2: Let's put it this way. I think our brains deleted that information for a reason. Well, I remember the corporate ministry. I don't remember the union. You know, what ah, an awful name. Eh. But I mean, do you see yourself? I'm not going to go back and watch it for the purposes of seeing what the hell WWE left in there. I don't think. I think anybody who knows about that event should know. Like I said before, it's going to be heavily edited. I understand morbid curiosity. We all are there. We all understand that. But, but. <laughs> If you're going to sit there and, and waste three hours of your time to see what WWE left in or what they didn't, I think you're going to be disappointed. Don't bother. Unless you, unless there was another match that you loved from that, don't bother.
3: No, I'm going to go back because I want
1: to see the union against the proper ministry. <laughs> there was a I reason. Mean, there, was, there was no, a reason. Why
3: wouldn't you go back and watch there that? There was a reason. I
1: want reason. to see Viscera, you know, uh, practically kill mankind with his horribly botched moves. Dude, there was Come a- on, Viscera was a legend, a hall of famer. Yeah, so I'll be going back to watch that just for viscera.
2: There was a reason your brain deleted the union from his memory banks.
1: You're right. You're right. No, I I, I might go back and watch a match or two of certain pay-per-views um, in terms of storylines, but I'm not going to go back because of the Owen Hart in, uh, situation, no.
0: Okay, that's very smart. Uh, now, that brings up something else. To continue on this point, are there... Anything that the, the second you get the network, is there something in particular that you're going to go and run to see? I mean, is there is there a a moment? Is there an event? Is there something that you may have heard of something that you either couldn't find on YouTube or Daily Motion or another website that you're going saying I want to see you know ECW barely legal their very first pay per view or a Starcade you know. Is there an event that's jumping out at you that you automatically are going to want to see? Because that's something that... That's a great question. Because that's something that I was thinking about recently when I decided... Recent, when this network first came about, I was not exactly running and jumping to go and to order it because I wanted to see how things would work out, give it a little time, and I'm very happy that they're going to give us a free preview for the first week of the paper, of, of the service, which I think is very smart. But, is, like I said, is there something that jumps out of you? I mean, I'm don't. i I'm a huge fan of wrestling. I'm someone who tries to watch every pay-per-view one way or another. You know, finger quotes, legally, if, if can be done. But there's, like, some of the old ECW stuff that I'd be interested in most likely seeing because I was a huge fan of, you know, the Jerry Lynn's and the RVDs, the Mike Awesomes, Masao Tanaka. I mean, there might be some matches that pop out, but is there something that... When you get the WWE Network, are you going to run and say, "I'm going to watch this immediately," or is it just going to go and say, "I hope yeah. this thing works and it plays through my PS3"?
1: I really like. I'd be curious to listen to, to to watch some of the stuff from different companies. Like, um, I know if you remember the AWA, we were on was on ESPN Classics for a while, mm-hmm. and I'm a dork and I watched, all, you know, so many of them, and <clears throat> I thought it was really interesting seeing. Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels, seeing Kurt Henning for the first time, seeing Scott Hall for the first time. So I would probably go back to like the 1980s stuff and early 90s stuff. And if there were companies like Mid-South or companies like Smoky Mountain, I don't know if that's going to be on there. But any of the older companies that are on there that weren't super popular in the 80s when I was a big fan and didn't get to see and seeing some of these guys come up, I think I'd be really, really interested in, in those um, there was a period of time with, in the Attitude Era that I missed, and I'd like to go back and watch some of those. I'm more interested, to be honest with you, in the storylines and how these things were done rather than, say, one specific match or two specific matches.
0: Uh, John, is there anything that you know, you're going to want to sit there? I know you're a huge fan of The Undertaker and Bret the Hitman Hart. Is there a particular pay-per-view that... You're dying to go and rewatch, or is there not even featuring one of them? But is there something that just when you when you get the network, you're going to be going? I'm The first thing I'm going to do is I want to see
2: this. You know, or
0: is that I, not why you're getting the network to see I, the old paper? I
2: notes? think it depends on how many adult beverages I've had and uh, what else I want to watch on TV at the time. And the reason why I'm saying is I'm not so enthralled in what the hell are they're going to be offering on the network as far as the old stuff is concerned. I think it's mandatory. You have to put all that stuff on there. But, um, you know, with all the stuff that they've put on Netflix already, it's like, yeah, I'm a fan of Undertaker. I'm a fan of Bret Hart. But what are they going to show me that that as a fan of those guys or like whatever that I haven't already seen on the highlight packages? Like, on the, They've already included all the main things that you really want to see from the Undertaker on his disc that was put on Netflix. Of Bret Hart that was put on Netflix. Of of Shawn Michaels now that just came out. Which, by the way, like you said, uh, you guys said before, WWE's promo team does a great job of these video packages. And that, I I was never a Shawn Michaels fan, but that uh, package that they put together of him on, uh, you've seen it a couple times in Wrestling Now Raw, uh, looks pretty cool. Uh, But I'm sure that'll, you know, maybe I won't make it to Netflix because now with WWE Network, maybe that'll be on there, but... Yeah, I believe they're pulling all of the stuff on Netflix and putting it on the WWE So if you haven't seen that stuff streaming... I guess it's worth it for me. I've already kind of seen a lot of that stuff. There's not really much. I mean, they have me kind of slightly, mildly, two out of ten, entertained with that whole Legends house, that reality show. I know, Corey's just slumped. It's going to be awful. I know it's going to be awful. It's going to be so awful. Yeah, it's going to be bad. But the Divas thing, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm kind of... I don't watch the Divas show, but I I definitely YouTube parts of the Divas show, and uh, I'm almost ashamed to admit that. But... but, but you know, WWE has a way on on stuff like that of making it more entertaining than you thought it was going to be. I don't
0: know. Now, I got one other thing when it comes to WWE Network. Uh, now, on the first week of the network, when we have this uh, free preview that Michael Cole decided to tell us that we can sign up for now, and it wasn't for a couple of, you know, two weeks later. But we'll give him, you know, it's okay. That's One of the few things that, if you want to say, a slight negative on Raw, you know, in an otherwise very positive week in wrestling. <laughs>
1: there
0: we go. But... On that first week, there's going to be an NXT, as they're calling it, NXT pay-per-view, which is their big show, where you're going to have Aaron, uh, where you're going to have Neville versus Bo Dallas, you're going to have Sami Zayn, 2 at 3 falls match against Cesaro, I believe you're going to have Emma versus uh, Paige for the Divas title, you're going to have a lot of big things there. Now, John, I don't know if you've ever actually tuned in besides a clip you've seen when you were here on NXT, and I know that Jay, you watch NXT on a regular basis. That being on the network during that free week, do you have do you have interest in seeing that? And do you think that's something that can get you into NXT or to even as an extra pitch to go and see these young guys on the WWE network, most likely exclusively?
2: Most definitely. I actually hope they make that uh, something that's a prominent part of the network because. I never watched NXT, and then after having conversations with you guys and a couple of other, my other buddies uh, who, who love NXT, um, I love that, you know what, is not going to push mid-carders, as I kind of want to talk about, or, or even guys on the bottom of the roster, and that seems like a great opportunity for young guys to make a name for themselves, uh, where they might not otherwise do so on Raw or, or even SmackDown, which is unfortunate because that seems like a show where they should be able to make a name for themselves. I think it's great to have their own platform. Uh, It's being taken seriously, apparently. I have seen my first show uh, recently, and I think it's a good product. I think, in and of itself, it's a good product, and I hope they definitely push it on the network. Uh, Jay, what do you think about this NXT uh,
0: pay-per-view, and do you think it's going to be something that can help bring some people during this free preview to actually get the network?
1: Well, you know, I'm a huge NXT mark, so... I watch every week. I've watched every week since they were, um, I was YouTubing them as Florida Championship Wrestling when Rollins was the champion and, um, you know, Ambrose was fighting Regal. So I've been in NXT, the developmental company, for a long time. But um, I think that people will be interested. I fear that NXT will be overexposed and these guys will be a little bit overexposed, so I worry about that part of it. I kind of like NXT being a thing that you have to really go fine to watch. But, you know, that being said, I think that people may get into watching NXT and, um, you know, into the characters. and uh, So, yeah, I, I think it, it's a good vehicle for the network as far as, you know, pushing the WWE network. I just fear that the NXT guys... We'll get a little bit overexposed,
2: but you know, isn't it like? And one of the things that I actually kind of want to talk about when we came on today was just, you know, how I feel like there's just a lack of building like a mid car division or guys that are working their way up, whatever. And I feel like that's. I I know where you're coming from, and possibility, you know, the possibility of overexposure and all that. But it's to me, it's kind of a good way to introduce these guys to the audience, build their characters. Or I mean, even some of these guys don't even have solidified characters yet, and they, by the time they get to the main roster, their characters totally change. But yeah. but it's still a good way to me to build up a guy or a, even a girl because they're decent. This you know, there's a decent crop coming up, um, where you don't have to do it on the main show. It gets done, and people are already familiar with them. Um, I mean, that's a big help. It doesn't have to be done on the show. And once you mess it up, it messes up a, a person's character. I think I, I think it's pretty cool, you know?
1: Yeah. I. The thing I worry about is, for instance, an example is Bray Wyatt. So he was Husky Harris in NXT. Right. He sucked. Nobody liked him. He went down to, anyways, uh, on the main roster, went down to NXT and really started developing this character as Bray Wyatt. And I remember watching him when he on Florida Championship Wrestling and then NXT He was really working the kinks out and figuring out who this character was, and it didn't always go super smoothly. Right, but don't you think... I I fear that people are going to watch this network and expect these guys to be less green than they are. Like, this Mojo Rowley, that dude is green as grass, and I worry that they're going to put these guys out there while these guys are kind of working the kinks out, trying to figure out what their characters are, and that'll hurt them... If and when they get onto the main roster.
0: Now, uh, the last thing before we go to break, one last subject with our guest this week, Jonathan Olivo. I'm going to go to Twitter. And yesterday I saw a tweet that read The extended Twitter silence by Axia Punk has me thinking now it's all might be a work. Hashtag the kitchen sink, hashtag work, shoot pod, hashtag star powerhouse. So I don't know who that is and unless they come on the show. Who are they? We don't know. but uh, And that tweet was done by our guest, Jonathan Oliva. Now, John, we haven't had you on since the CM Punk thing happened. Let me get a couple of minutes, moment or two of your time, and tell me your thoughts on CM Punk before we go to break.
2: Um, <clears throat> I thought, oh, first of all, I don't know. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the easy answer. I don't know uh, if it's a work. I don't know. If it's for real, my guess is uh, the way CM Punk is and the way people have talked about it, um, it's very easy to believe that it is all real, and uh, CM Punk is just pissed or frustrated or all of the above, that kind of thing. Um, but um, I don't know I, why. Why all of a sudden a guy who's been so vocal on Twitter? Why all of a sudden there's a, this radio silence, basically? I, Think about it. He has not tweeted since he tweeted, I want to thank the fans, stay who you are, stay cool, whatever it was he said. And since then, he hasn't said a thing. You're talking about a guy who I don't care if he's with the company or not. He has an ego. He tweets whatever he wants to say. He likes to get reactions. He likes to whatever. And all of a sudden, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just seems a little weird to me. Just a little bit.
0: I don't know. All right, guys, uh, I want to thank our guest this week, Jonathan Olivo. And, uh, Jay, we will be back momentarily with our third and final segment. And if you would like to follow John on Twitter, it's at Johnny23. That is the at symbol, J-V-I-L-L-E-J-O-H-N-Y-23. He's got some interesting takes. About everything in the world of wrestling and outside. So, uh, John, we hope to have you on again real soon. And we will be back in a few moments with uh, this week in wrestling history and uh, a couple more thoughts before we call it a day. Oh Oh, shit! shit. Brett Hart,
1: a man to be said the greatest wrestling technician that the World Wrestling Federation has ever seen. You know
3: what, Bret Hart? It's a crying shame that you're gonna to have to step into the ring with Mr. Perfect, and it's gonna destroy all of the great techniques that you have. You see, because what you're stepping into the ring with, my friend, is someone who's perfect, absolutely
1: perfect, from head to toe. And this is the year of perfection,
0: my friend. And you're the one that's gonna to have to take the embarrassment. Welcome back to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond. I'm joined by a slightly calmer Jason Brooks. Uh, we've had a lot of fun today. We're going to close this show out with our final segment. We're going to start off with the uh, the news of the week, followed by this week in history, which we try to do every week. Sometimes there's more stories than others, but Jason, let us know what ha- what uh, what's going on this week and uh, tell us that news.
1: All right. So, really, not much news at all this week. We've kind of you know talked about a lot of it. Um, raw has been interesting the last few weeks um the ratings actually doing better um so this is the actual rating but this is the viewership uh raw's up a uh, raw average 4.329 million viewers this week that viewership was up from last week which was 4.2 uh one zero million average last week so they're up you know whatever is one hundred and nineteen thousand people from the week before
0: now you know that's a pretty good sign, especially going against the Olympics, which delivered 22.4 million viewers for uh, for NBC. To watch Constance and his uh,
1: nasty pink eyes. <laughs>
0: it's true, very true. But uh, like I said, the the Olympics are going to be a a ratings winner for NBC, and it's good to see that WWE is still holding an audience, and that's you know, and that could help big time when uh they go to these companies sorry stations and tell them that you know what you should give us uh money to to air raw so they can get a decent number when they're going up against uh juggernaut in the olympics when pretty much everyone else is not putting you know much if any live first run programming monday monday night raw is doing something right
1: yeah i agree um now to this week in history a couple stories Uh, First of all, uh, February tenth, two 2003, so that's uh, yesterday um, for Raw. Um, So 11 years ago today, Kurt Henning passed away at the age of 44 due to a uh, drug overdose.
0: Now, Kurt Kurt Henning is a guy, unless you were uh, watching the AWA, where he won the uh, heavyweight title, never won a world title in either WWE or at that time, WWF or WCW, but he was a guy who was a mainstay in the mid-card or slightly upper mid-card when the Intercontinental title meant something. He had classic matches with Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and he had some great... When he was no longer an in-ring guy back in, you know, when Ric Flair came, made the jump over to WWE, WWF at the time, In 92, as part of a group with Ric Flair. The guy never held the WWE, or WWF title. But he was a guy that, at a time when wrestling was super important for that midcard, he was a guy that you could always realize that was there and gave you everything he had. And he was one of the great promo guys you ever had. And he truly was, really was perfect. In almost every way, and it's a shame that his kid Curtis Axel Joe Henning hasn't been able to live up to the hype. But you know, he was a great, great worker, great in almost every respect. And for one guy who is a, was a huge fan of the work rate when I was a kid, he's a guy that I'll never forget. And it's a shame that 11 years ago, this week, uh, we lost one of the great guys in the history of the of the business.
1: Uh, February 15th, 2004, the WWE held the No Way Out pay-per-view in California. In the main event, Eddie Guerrero scored an emotional victory over Brock Lesnar to capture the WWE Championship.
0: Uh, That was something that a lot of people who watched him when he was a cruiserweight in WCW, where he was basically in feuds that went nowhere, it was really a crowning achievement for... uh, Basically, the, the little guy. Yeah, he's, he was a much taller than Rey Mysterio, but he was a guy that, who was basically, you know, the phrase mid-card for life. He had a great career, and that was a defining moment. Unfortunately, just like Kurt, it didn't end well in the long run for him with him also having a tragic death. But he was a guy that, just like Kurt, was incredible in the ring. Later on in his career, you realized how good of a promo he was. And he's a guy that will be sorely missed. And, you know, it's just one of those things where these guys, you know, die way too young. And at some point, we'll mostly have a discussion about that. But what else do we have for our for our guys?
1: Uh, February fifteenth, two 2007. Uh, so it's interesting to think uh, this was almost seven years ago. Going head-to-head for the first time, a special Thursday episode of WWE Raw does a 3.04 rating... With 4.18 million viewers, while TNA Impact, which was regularly on Thursdays, did a 0.59 rating with 726,000 viewers.
0: That is just horrifyingly bad. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing that anyone watched the show. That all that goes to the loyal audience of of viewers that TNA has, no matter what product, good or bad, they put on there. But there's a reason why. TNA left Monday nights after a couple of weeks. And there's a reason why uh, TNA is very happy that SmackDown is no longer on Thursdays and is on Fridays. Because if SmackDown was on, back on Thursdays, TNA would either be moving or TNA would be getting .59s if they're lucky every week.
1: I mean, I, I don't know if this shows you that there's no... There's, I mean, how, how is a second company ever going to get built? You know, how is there ever going to be a second reliable company if the WWE is just such a juggernaut they can just destroy anyone? Um, Very interesting. Um, One more thing I want to talk about and uh, when we were talking about this segment we were saying we were going to talk about anything because this show's going on really long this week. It's been a good show, but it's going on a little long. Um, I I did read something recently and I think this is from PW uh, Insider um, that's saying WWE officials feel like Roman Reigns, or, they, or they're they trying to position Roman Reigns to be the heir apparent to John Cena. So, Roman Reigns being the new John Cena. I just want to get your thoughts on that and kind of where you stand on that. I know that we don't have much time left, but just kind of a, a quick take on what you think about that.
0: Um, you know what? I think that the guy has a lot of potential. He is, he's is he got a great look. He does some really fancy moves that you need for a, for a face. But I think it's a little fast to go and say this. And I'm sure there are guys that WWE has put a label like this on in the past and have fizzled out and, you know, are either in the mid-card now or in TNA or not even, you know, in wrestling pretty pretty much. I mean, there was a point where you had a guy from uh, the Spirit Squad, Kenny Dykstra, where there was a point where people thought this guy was going to headline WrestleMania within, like, two years. The guy's doing independent shows. If you're, you know, in West uh, Bumble, you know what? Yeah, Teddy Biasi, same thing. Teddy Biasi Jr., you mean, right? Yeah, Teddy
1: Biasi Jr., I should sorry, who, yeah.
0: uh Who's no longer, at least he's taking a break right now, Longer, no longer in wrestling. I mean, there are guys that, I mean, the guy's got, you know, when he does something, there's pure impact. And it looks like, oh, my God, the crowd is really into it. But I think it's too soon to tell. I mean, it'll be interesting what they do with him at Mania. I mean, do do they just go and they go the easy way and they have him versus uh, Dean Ambrose for the U.S. title with the the splitting up of the Shield, which I fully expect to go down at the Elimination Chamber where that's the final straw, which means, of course, the Wyatts will win that match, which I don't think is a bad thing. But I believe that he's got all the ability in the world but I think it's I think it's way too soon to put the label on somebody. You're the you're the next guy.
1: I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think it's too soon. I I don't think he's ready for that position. I think it's uh, one thing to ask him to be a member of a, of a very dominant and successful stable, um, who he's only become kind of a leader of a, leader of in the last few months. It's a lot more to ask him to say you're gonna you know cut a promo at eight o'clock. You're going to be out there at 10 o'clock. You're going to be wrestling in the main event. It's a lot to ask. It's a big, big push for him. And uh, I'm not saying he's not ready for it, but I, I think it's just an awful lot to ask for a guy at such a young stage in his career.
0: I couldn't disagree with that. Uh, one or two more short points we're going to get to before we call it a day. With Daniel Bryant basically taking over the role of basically CM Punk, do you think that, the, do you think right now WWE is in good shape or do you think that there's a lot they have to do to get people to go and buy this network and for the WrestleMania? Do you think there's Daniel Bryan being now the, the, the people's, you know, the, the voice of the voiceless, which, you know, basically was the moniker that CM Punk has had. Basically being, you know, the, the non, the face of the company that's that can actually, you know, do it in the ring. Do you do you think that he's big enough, or do you think there's a lot that has to happen for uh, WrestleMania and the network to be a success right now?
1: Man, that's a big question. Um, in terms of where they're going with Brian, I think you know, I don't, I don't love it, but I think they're doing a good. They're going, they're going to do a good job with it. I feel good about where they're going with it. Um, I've always had a kind of like Kane as the I like the director of operations thing with Kane. It's been a little sloppily done, but I like it for the most part. It's a way to kind of get him in the action, but not have him out there every week. In terms of the network, I think they're doing a good job of selling the network. They had that promo with the Bella Twins telling you how you can get the network and, and that. I think they're doing a good job with that. They're really, you know, they're killing cable companies with the pay-per-view, telling you how much you can save by getting the network but um, I think they're doing a good job of selling that to people. Um, and I think the network has a chance to, to really be successful. Uh,
0: and I guess before we close out, you had, uh, you had mentioned, uh, well, we had mentioned earlier about Lita. Just wanted to give you a couple of minutes to talk about Lita because we really didn't get, get to it before. You were, I'm pretty sure, a pretty big fan of Lita, but it's something that I find very funny. If someone told you 10 years ago that Lita would be getting into the Hall of Fame before the Hardy Boys, I think you would have thought they were crazy. It's just a very interesting thing that uh, Lita, when you saw her back in the day, I, I never thought of her at the beginning as uh, someone to be in the Hall of Fame when it came out of that group.
1: I think when Lita came out with S.A. Rios... Um, when she first debuted, I think, on Sunday Night Heat. Remember Sunday Night Heat? Oh, what an awful show that was. (laughs) But they did do a good job of debuting characters on there. She was different. You know, she was different. You had never seen any any woman do this before. Um, You know, she studied the luchador style. She went to Mexico to learn. And she embraced that style. And she was just so different. She had the red hair. She had that kind of like that swag about her. Um, you know, she just had a certain way about her. One of my students today commented how much she loved Lita. You know what I mean? Uh, and she's a student in an urban area, and she felt connected with Lita. She had, Lita had that red hair, and that, I mean, she was just a you know super a super athlete. Um, and she was a lot different of a female performer. She wasn't the blonde, busty. Model woman who really couldn't work in the ring. She was just, she was really fun to watch. I always enjoyed um, seeing her in the ring. And, um, yeah, I, just, I really enjoyed her work, and I'm, I'm glad she's in the Hall of Fame. I think she absolutely deserves it.
0: So, when you were saying that, you were talking about Sonny, not Trish, because beginning when you started to say that, I thought you were talking about Trish Stratus, but I guess you were talking about Sonny or Sable, I guess, right? That's where you were going with the uh, the busty, but couldn't work. Was that was that? The no, one? no, not not
1: necessarily Sable, but I mean, how many women have they had in the last since Lita retired in 06, who are kind of the you know these women who they can't work and they release them and they bring them back and. They're kind of these very vanilla characters. She wasn't a vanilla character. She was very charismatic, also very charismatic in the ring. So she didn't need to cut a promo similar to Jeff Hardy, where she would be charismatic in the ring and connect with the fans on that level, where she didn't have to necessarily talk. I just I loved her, um, and, and I'm glad she's in the Hall of Fame.
0: And you know what? It's amazing that with even with the Hardys no longer basically in the picture, she had some great stuff with Edge and Kane. So she was more than just, you know, a manager when it was all said and done. Congratulations, to Lita. Uh We'd like to once again thank Jonathan Olivo for uh, joining the program today. Uh, Jay, I just want you to do what you know one of the things that you do best. Let our fans and future fans know how they can get in contact with us through, you know, the wonderful world of Twitter and uh, whatever avenues you have to let them know. All
1: right. So uh, Twitter is uh, a great way to get a hold of us. Um... You know, the last couple of weeks, I've been live-tweeting Raw, live-tweeting Impact. That I don't know why, and I don't know what I'm doing with my time. But I have been live-tweeting Raw and live-tweeting Impact. Um, it's been a lot of fun, you know, interacting with people on Twitter. Um, you can find us at Worked Shoot Pod. Worked Shoot Pod, all one word on Twitter. Um, we're on Facebook, so uh, you can just look up our page, the Worked Shoot Podcast, and, um, you know, just find us on Facebook that way. Uh, you can go to our, our website, which has our podcasts on there, which is www.workedshoot.podomatic.com. That's workedshoot.podomatic.com. So those are all the ways to get rid of, to, to get a hold of us. We have an email. I'm not giving anyone an email address. No one emails anymore. Um, well, people email, but you know what I mean. Th- those are the quick ways to get a hold of us. Um, and so, yeah, just please get a hold of us on Twitter. Or Facebook, we'd love to hear your comments, questions, or concerns.
0: And for those people who actually do use email, it's worked shoot podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> now, right before we get out of here, I'm going to do what we always do every week. Uh, if you want to go and check out another podcast on the Potomatic uh, website or through iTunes, which uh, we're on, our friends at The Kitchen Sink. Uh, where you can go, and they'll talk about everything, including the kitchen sink, except politics and religion. On their Facebook page, they have put up big announcement coming this week on episode six regarding guests, show format, and a show that will be solely dedicated to. And they say, find out this Thursday at the Kitchen Sink Podcast. So it's a nice little hook for all those people who uh, enjoy the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for uh, listening for uh, Jason Brooks. This is Coy Richmond. And uh, that would be
3: a wrap, folks. See you. This is all a bit awkward, don't you think? <laughs> oh. Look, relax. You know what this room means to us? You remember what happened here, don't you? Look, just listen. All right. Every relationship, including ours, has ups, has downs, good times and bad times. But when you told me it was all over in the ring. That was the worst moment of my entire life. You broke my heart. I literally felt my soul break into a million pieces right there. But it's strange because at the very same time, I I felt like I was awake. I felt like a veil was being lifted off my brain. I began to think more clearly than I ever have in my entire life and I know exactly what I need to do. We've talked about this before. I have something I need to ask you. What are you doing? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Will you? Velvet. Uh, Will you? I can't even believe this right now. I can't even believe this right now. Go ahead. It's a joke. It's empty. Yeah, that's right. Will you get out of my life? Oh, my goodness. I am so sick what? of you. I am so sick of hearing the name Velvet Sky. Velvet Sky this, Velvet Sky that. You know, when I was the world heavyweight champion, the best wrestler in the entire world, you know the only thing I ever heard about? No. Velvet Sky this, Velvet Sky that. Oh, what's it like dating Velvet Sky? How's Velvet doing? That's not true. I am so sick of it, it makes me want to vomit. All right? And this is how I'm dealing with it. I'm going to prove that I've always been the real superstar in this relationship, all right? All right? And let's deal with it how wrestlers deal with it. Next week, I'm gonna be out in that ring, in my wrestling gear, and you know what? I'm gonna take you on -on one-on-one. And if you have any guts, you'll show up. And if you don't, I guess then you're gonna prove to the whole world that you're just a coward, right? And I'm the real superstar, right? Huh? Oh yeah, by the way, by the way. Hey, hey. You don't tell me when it's over. I tell you when it's over. And guess what? Now we're through.